This is Danny Trejo, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. Keep listening, or I'll take your head. of decapitation without dread. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by the returning Vernon Wells of Commando and Road Warrior and tons of movies. I can't list all like 289 movies, I think. But his newest film, I think it's out today, Emerald Run. It's very cool to have you back. My pleasure. Um, it's out today? Oh, I thought it was out next Friday. Gosh, I don't know much, do I? Mm, um, I think it's the 21st. I could be wrong. It's happened before. Oh, I'm not pretty it's sure 21st. it's the 21st. All right. Oh, great. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm I'm really happy to be back, and I'm glad that one of us knows when my film's coming out. <laughs> right. If if I'm wrong, I'll edit this so everyone looks smart. <laughs> so, so how did you get involved in Emerald Run? Um. Let me think. I believe I got involved in Emerald Run because of the stunt coordinator. He uh, brought me up to the producer. They were looking for somebody to play a particular role. And um, he brought my name up and the uh, producer thought that would be a great idea. And uh, I got to go and work with David, who, who was just amazing to work with. I had, And it was just David and I working in the scenes that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I get to play this character that's just a little bit, um, I guess he lives in a place we haven't visited yet because he's a little bit out there. Yeah, it's almost like a spiritual character. Like you, yeah. It's interesting. You don't even kind, kind of know if it's real yeah. or not. No, that's the point. That's what I, I, I love about him is that he's, you don't know if it's, if it's um, 
just some wacky idea or whether it's it's a, uh, a someone who who feels that this is the best way to survive or what but um it's it's fun to sort of uh, characters like that are fun because you have so much leeway to create um the, the boundaries of where you go and what you do, which which is what I love about it. And uh, he was a lot of fun to do. And as I said, David was a lot of fun to work with. He, he just hit into everything that I did, which was really cool. Yeah. Had you worked with David before? No, I'd never, I'd never even met him before. And the funny thing is, is below my house was where they used to shoot Baywatch. Mm. And I'd never, ever run into any of them. Um, I worked with uh with the hash and um and his wife and um but that was basically it i'd never worked with david and it was a pleasure to work with him and he's one of those people you don't forget easily yeah so when you get a role like this you're saying you know it, it's cool it's fun and stuff. do you come up with like the your own backstory to the character or, or do you think anything you know, outside of you know what you're actually filming no usually what i do is i read uh, the part in the script or read the script, um, depending on how big the role is. And then from that, I try to judge, uh, basically why he's there, uh, what the circumstances are, and then, uh, work out a, a backstory for him and, um, how he came to be who he is. And that was basically what I did with that. And to me, he was, um, he was fun because you you were never quite sure of whether he was serious being an ass or whether he was going to blow your head off. <laughs> right. Right. Where was that filmed? Uh, it was filmed up in, <clears throat> up, up in the desert, up near, uh, Palm Springs up that way. Yeah. It see, it looked, uh, some of, some of the shots in the movie itself looked like, you know, places that are familiar to people from other movies or TV shows. Yeah, I didn't get to be on a lot of the other locations. As I said, mine was all with David, and it was all in the one place. <clears throat> but I believe they went to quite a few different locations to uh, shoot uh, a lot of the other stuff because it does uh, the the film moves around a heck of a lot. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, he's he's here, there, and Mexico, and you name it, he's everywhere. Yeah. Now, had you worked with the director before, Eric? Uh, and I forgot. I not sure how you say his last name. Etabari. Uh, no, I had. I actually hadn't worked with anybody except for the stunt coordinator. Okay. Does that happen often? Like uh, you know, like you get uh, you know someone else mentions you, or you mentioned someone else to, to like in another project, and you know you help each other out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's not an everyday occurrence, but it does happen. I, ha I have a good friend of mine who's a um, excuse me, <clears throat> he's a um, effects uh, a guy who's really really good, does great effects, and he mentions me whenever he's on a film and there's a role or someone's looking for something. He always brings up uh, my name and my partner in business, uh, Brian Martin. He's a director himself, but uh, he's a very exceptionally good actor. And occasionally they'll have him up for a role, and they'll say, "Look, we want." And he says, "I can't. I'm, you know, I'm busy. I'm directing or I'm editing." But my partner Vernon Wells would be happy to do it. So he sort of throws my name out there um, on the uh, off chance that somebody will be silly enough to hire me. <laughs> 
So you mentioned a stunt coordinator. Do you have any uh, like uh, injuries over the years doing stunts? <laughs> Do I have any injuries? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a part of my body that hasn't been injured. Mm. I have broken bones. Um, when I was shooting uh, Road Warrior, I was forever grabbing hold of the steel uh, pipes of things, and it was freezing where we were, so I would stick to them, and they were forever having to take my hands mm. uh, off something I'd stuck to. Um, but uh, I'm pretty much, nowadays, I, I kind of uh, lay back from a lot of that stuff, and I kind of like if they say, we want you to fall off this chair, I ask if they've got a stunt double. Um <laughs> Because I'm, I'm kind of, you know, past getting uh, fractures and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, fractures and sprains and things. But in my day, I've, uh, yeah, I was a pretty wild child, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, like uh, those injuries, is it more so like, you know, like, you know, one injury or is it just kind of the buildup of all the falls over time? It's all the buildup of the falls. I mean, you know, you... I've never been hurt seriously doing a stunt or anything that the crews that work with you are incredibly good, but there's always that off chance that you've got your hand in the wrong place at the wrong time and, um, you twist your elbow or you twist your wrist, um, which is an unforeseen thing. It's something that can't be predicted or you've got your finger somewhere and it gets hit by something and you break a finger. Um, they're little things that happen through circumstance. That's um, one of those things you accept and you put up with. Um, you know, falling off chairs even, you can get hurt. I, I fell backwards off a chair onto a uh, pad. And uh, unfortunately, when I hit the pad, I rolled a little bit and I um, clipped my head on the side of a cabinet that was beside the pad. And um, I gave myself a nice cut on my forehead. Nobody's fault. No, nobody could predict I would roll when I hit the pad, but I thought I would get out of the way of the camera. I always say actors are the dumbest people at times because all we think about is the shot, the camera, this, we never think about what's going to happen if we do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, if I roll to the right, I can get out of the camera and that'll give them a clear shot. I won't be in the frame because you know, you haven't had a look to see that there's this large uh, cabinet sitting there that you got to roll straight into. <laughs> right. So you mentioned being a wild child. Was uh, like, what's your background in acting? Were, were like even before acting, like what kind of stuff were you doing? Were you always like a physical guy? Um, I grew up on a farm, so I was pretty physical. I rode horses, um, drove everything that had wheels. Um, you know, did the whole things, plowed fields, planted grain, harvested grain, uh, loaded bales of hay, um, did the whole nine yards for the farm, milk cows. Um, and then I was living with my grandfather. When I moved back to the city to be with my mother, she was a, a quite successful songwriter in Australia. She wrote songs for Slim Dusty and a couple of other people. She'd written some songs. And uh, I followed in her footsteps. I decided I'd become a, a vocalist in a band, and I formed a band, and um, it became pretty popular. And uh, I went on from there, and due to uh, circumstance, I was involved in a car accident, couldn't work with the band. I became a total pain in the rear end for our um, manager, 
uh, band manager who took my photograph around to every agency he could find to see if someone would take me off his hands just to do commercials or something. Uh-huh. And I actually got hired by a company to do a series of uh, cigarette commercials called Braddock, which never, ever came out. Mm-hmm. It was virtually a uh, one of those things where they um, do the commercials and it's a write-off for their tax. Mm-hmm. So um, I did those and uh, I liked it because I got a lot of money and I didn't have to share it with five other guys in the band. And uh, I started doing... Um, extra work in television shows and things while I was recuperating. And then I, I, I got fascinated with behind the camera. I, I love being back with the uh, crew, with the, the um, people who were making the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I ended up. I ended up directing commercials and things. And that was, to me was where I wanted to stay for the rest of my life. I was happy. It was something I enjoyed. But uh, as Hackham's, um, happenstance would have it, I got asked to do a stage play, and when they finally convinced me to do it, um, I was seen by George Miller's girlfriend, Sandy Gore, and she suggested to George that he come and see me because she figured I'd make a great Wes in uh, Road Warrior. And, uh, and there, by the grace of God, goes everybody else except me. <laughs> Interesting. came... And that was uh, decided I was the one, and even though I didn't want to do it, we got on famously, and uh, that was where my career started. Yeah. Uh, During, like, that period, did you end up, like, because you said you liked the the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, you know, directing and stuff the best. Did you, like, end up falling in love with, with acting? No, I didn't. You know what the funny thing was? I really didn't want to be an actor. I didn't like being in front of the camera. Uh-huh. I had this this weird thing about it. I just hated it. I didn't like my voice. I didn't like the way I looked. I had no no um, reason to be there as far as I was concerned. Whereas if I was directing, I felt really good that I was able to get other people to do something how I saw it and the way I thought it should be. And I started uh, acting again more than anything that I wanted to find out what an actor did because if I was going to direct actors, I wanted to know how an actor operated in front of a camera. And that was where it, it really, I got back into it and then I got asked to come um, because I hadn't done anything after uh, road warrior. I just sort of went back to directing and uh, I got asked to come to the States and do weird science. And um, when I eventually came, they took me to, um, have an interview for commando and the director wasn't that interested in having me, which really I didn't mind because I went back to Australia and basically I landed in Australia and got cast in a film there. Um, so I started working and then I wanted to go back to directing, but, uh, circumstance had that, uh, commando called me and I went and made commando and I continued to act for the next, a uh, considerable amount of time. I'm back directing and acting now. I direct as well as act. Um, I love both with a, uh, an equal passion. I love I love acting. It's it's uh, a great thing, and I love directing because I get to get all my yayas out. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you direct? <clears throat> Anything, really. I uh, 
Last year, I directed a horror movie called SOS, which comes out this year. Oh, I've cool. uh, just just finished directing an episode, um, or I will in two weeks finish the second episode that I'm directing of a, a series that's uh, been put together called Banged. It's a vampire series. Um, and uh, I've been offered another film to direct, which... <clears throat> I would love to direct. Um, so we'll see where we go with that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just sort of, <clears throat> of course, now I'm going to cough just because you've asked me about. That's <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. I have uh, a cold as well. So. Oh, good. Mine isn't a cold. For some reason, I've got this bloody stupid thing. I'm sneezing all the time because of all the pollen in the air. Oh, allergies, allergies. Yeah. I would recommend, I would recommend, this is going to sound silly, but local honey, because I had very bad allergies my whole life, and someone told me to use local honey. It has to be local because you get small amounts of the pollen, and then it builds up your immunity yep. to the allergies. So. Well, that's actually, I'm, I'm having orange juice with vitamin C and local unfiltered honey. There you go. Very good, very good. It's a little tip that's for that, everyone listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was. It's an. It's a good tip for everyone listening. It's not only do you learn yeah, about movies, yeah. you learn about health here on without your head. That's what it is. You learn about the better things in life. Damn it. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, it's um. So the acting and directing um, is kind of now a part of me, and I'm getting more and more of it. I really didn't like actively search to go back to directing that happened by chance on a film set. Um, and so, uh, now I'm kind of doing both and enjoying it and getting more work offered to me. Um, and I think now I actually understand what direct, what actors do so I can actually direct properly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's basically it. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned the two of the things you're directing were, were horror movies and, uh, um, do you yep. like horror? Like, uh, what kind of things do you like? What do I like? I like really good films. Mm-hmm. I loved the original, um, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the uh, Swedish yeah. version. Mm-hmm. I love the three of them. I thought they were exceptional films. I loved the uh, original version of old man, which was, uh, Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, I love any of the uh, Japanese um, films that are you know, going back to the seventeenth uh, century with all of the samurai and all those, but directed by the really good directors, mm-hmm. all of that stuff I love watching, and there are a lot of um, wonderful movies that come out from Europe that I I love. Yeah, I love uh, I love doing all that, all uh, watching all those movies. They are also an influence on what I do uh, because I just like the the way they put together scenes and the way they, they uh, work with people, which is really cool. I watched Parasite, which I thought was quite an interesting movie, the one that won the Academy Award. Yeah, I liked it too. I saw it at yeah, the theater here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was, you know, different, and um, and that was what I liked about it. You know, it, it actually had a story and you got involved with it and watched and, 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 um, it played out right to the end. I thought, good. That's why I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I thought, was, I thought it was a good year for movies this year, honestly. Yeah, it was. It was a great year for movies. I also like Australian films. There's a lot of Australian films that I really like. We sort of have still... We're getting out of the habit, but we used to be very rough and ready with our films, you know. They were down and dirty and gritty and really nice. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get a little Hollywood for me. I like it better when they're a little bit more, you know, down and dirty and gritty like Road Warrior and things like that, you know. They're, yeah. they're out there. Yeah. So how, how, like, how physically demanding was making Road Warrior? Um, uh, it was... Pretty much, it was very cold. I didn't have on a lot of clothes. Um, I tended to stick to a lot of things. But you know what? We were all so uh, hyped up doing it. I mean, everybody was running on adrenaline. I mean, my God, we're all out there running around half naked in the in, in the cold, freezing weather. And everybody thinks it was so hot and nice because it had blue skies, but it was we were between two mountains in a valley. Yeah, and the wind came over the snow down into the valley and we got our little butts frozen off. So, um, and they used to call me barometer bum. Every time my ass turned purple, they'd get us <laughs> into somewhere it was warm. It was like just, but so much fun, you know? I I could not imagine never having done it. Yeah, and it's uh that's definitely one of um one of the rare sequels in my opinion that that's better than the original one. Yeah, it 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 seemed to have everything like George and Byron had got themselves together on that one like they had the first one which was great yeah. but Road Warrior all the pieces came together and it was we were just lucky. I mean, I was incredibly lucky to be in it. Um, I don't look at it any other way. It could have been anybody, and I was the one George chose. So, you know, I was incredibly lucky to be in it, and it was a wonderful film, and it always will be. Even today, you can watch that movie, and it hasn't aged, mm-hmm. which is the thing I love about it. It's still relevant now. You know, you look around the world, and you go, huh, wonder how they knew they could see that far into the future. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind of... Um, scary at times when you look at it you go what was george on dear lord mm-hmm. but uh yeah yeah and and just uh technically like eh, anything with like real real vehicles like tends to hold up and it I, that's yeah. some one thing you can't do uh cg doesn't never really works i think with uh with with cars you could always tell yeah, they're not no. really there yeah and also i mean what we did in that movie you can't do today anyway mm-hmm they would go, you know, the, the insurance company would have a nervous breakdown and, and SAG would shoot everybody, you know. It's like they just would never let you do some of the stuff we did, which is a shame because no one was hurt on that movie. Every, You know, one of the stunt directors uh, got an injury and that was basically it. No one had any major injuries or any problems on that film. And there was so many people, so many vehicles, so many stunts happening. Um, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have to bring this up because uh, my friend Jason uh, Buterin, you're in his movie, uh, Kill Giggles. Can you say anything about uh, playing Giggles uh, and Kill Giggles? Giggles. You know what? I had so much fun with that. He sent me a picture the other day from it with me sitting in a chair in a restaurant with two people in front of me, and he called <laughs> it the, the Godfather clown scene. 
Um, it's just such a wonderful film. I just had so much fun. The minute they sent me the script and I learned what it was about, I was crawling down the phone lines to ring his neck so he'd <laughs> give it to me. It was so much fun. And he is out of control. I mean, he is just so wonderful and totally out of control. Loved working with him. Loved the crew. Loved all the cast. Everything was just so nice on that film. It really was just a pleasure, the whole experience. Yeah. And from understand, it's a little twist on the... There's a lot of killer clown movies out there, but this is a twist on that. It's about people who want to kill clowns. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, it's well, a little twist there. Why, what do you think it is about clowns that like uh, set people off? Either they're afraid of them or dislike clowns. Yeah, it's just, it amuses me. I was talking to a friend who's, you know, pretty much the macho man. Um, and he, I was saying, he said, you know, what have you been doing? I said, oh, I just finished this great clown movie. And he said, I hope you killed the shit. And I went, <laughs> I was the shit. And he went, oh, I hate clowns. And I went, what? And he said, oh, my God, they just, ah, oh, can't handle them. And I'm thinking, what? What has happened to this person to get him that up, <laughs> upset about it? But there are so many people that have that reaction. Mm-hmm. They just don't like them. And I, I think it's because when you're a kid, little kid, and your mother has your, your first or second birthday and they have a clown there in all that makeup and that weird face and the whole thing, and that clown suddenly gets in your face and goes, Ooh, happy birthday! You know, you probably freak out inside and go, that is the devil. I have just been attacked by the devil on my first birthday. And you carry that with you all your life. You have this thing. I don't like clowns. Me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's because it, uh, I think like you know, when Pennywise first came up, maybe that's probably like the first like evil clown. But uh, it almost seems uh-huh. like if, if a clown pops up in anything you know it's going to either going to be like a, the, a demon or there's no, it's going to yeah. be something negative. It's never going to be like, hey, that's a good guy. Well, right, uh, way back, I think the first really evil clowns were, were done by the Chiodo brothers when they oh, killed there you go. a yeah. clown from space. You yeah. know? <laughs> you, uh-huh. that, that way back then they were doing that, that stuff with, with clowns being evil. You know, nobody does, you know. Happy little clowns. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's kind of yeah, it's fun that they've taken something that was supposed to be an entertainment and a joy and created this monster out of it. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I feel bad for real clowns. I guess it's hard. Uh, it's hard to be loved today if you're a clown. Yeah, that's their problem, Scrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I, I've noticed on your IMDb, you've got like you have multiple things here. So you're you're very you're a very busy uh, guy. I know. Very busy. Yeah, a lot man. of films. I've I've got like six films coming out. I think in the next few months. I've got um, Emerald Run coming out tonight or mm-hmm. next Friday night. We will find out which one that is, <laughs> and you can answer whichever one it is. Right. Um, <clears throat> And I have uh, Landfall, which I've won a Best Actor Award from, coming oh, out nice. uh, next, uh, the 13th of March. And I have, like, I've had two just come out. 
Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of got a lot of stuff coming and going. It's it's interesting. I love it. Yeah, I just en- enjoy what I do, and I just love the fact that I I get to get out there and uh, do what I like the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time we had you on, you talked about um, you were doing something with animals. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think you have uh, well, you have like you rescue wolves. animals or wolves. That's it. Wolves. Yeah, wolves and wolf dogs. Yes, I'm involved with uh, the rescue of wolves and wolf dogs. Some good friend of, friends of mine have a wolf rescue called Apex Protection, and um, <clears throat> it's uh, just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And um, I'm working with them, and we're actually working to get some vets to go up and spend some time with the wolves um, to uh, sort of give them. Uh, because wolves are amazingly understanding. They understand what's wrong, who you are, why you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tend to be able to see into people's souls. It's amazing the change that comes over people when they first get with them and meet them and they're right there in front of them. So we're working on that at the moment. Um, but uh, mostly it's rescuing with um, Apex Rescue. With three other rescues, three or four other rescues, they rescued 140 uh, wolf dogs that were oh. going to be euthanized. Mm-hmm. They uh, got every one of them out, got every one of them placed into refuges, and some people took them into private homes. They wanted them as pets, um, oh, nice. which we don't we don't condone actually, because these animals aren't dogs in their own. Mm-hmm. Some of them are. If it's a very low content wolf dog, it's, it's basically a, a dog. Because remember, all dogs come from wolves. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's a, a higher content uh, wolf dog, it's basically a wolf. It's an exotic animal. And it's, it's not really a smart move to have one as a pet, unless you know how to handle it. Right. Because they do tend to chew up your furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do they need rescue? Is it just because the more people uh, you know, move out, there's less place for, for the animals to be? Mostly where we rescue them from are pounds. People get them, they buy them. It's illegal to breed them, they're bred. People buy them. Then when they grow up and start eating their furniture, they give them to a pound, and the pound euthanizes them within two days. Mm. For no good reason, but mm. because they're a wolf. Yeah. So what we do is we go and get them out of the pounds before they're euthanized, and we, we put them into our rescue situations where they live out their lives. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're used in a lot of great things. Uh, some of them are used to go to schools and teach kids about wolves and animals. Um, they're used with vets. They're used with uh, recovering alcoholics and drug addicts to uh, help them get around what all their problems are. They, they're, so they're, they're amazing animals that, that are used in a lot of situations to help people. Mm-hmm. So um, we try to get as many as we can, uh, save as many as we can, so they don't uh, get put to sleep. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. I'm a big uh, animal uh, lover, and uh, I think that's uh, great that you do that. That's my little thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. The movie, I believe, is out today, Emerald Run. Okay. Sh- Check we will both agree to disagree that the movie's out today. <laughs> right, no, you're probably enough. right because I'm I'm always wrong, you know. So just <laughs> we'll just put it that you're right, 
Emerald Run starts tonight in a cinema near you. Go see it, please. Enjoy it. And um, I'm so glad that you had me on so I could do a, a little promotion for it, and especially for David and the, the producers, um, because I think they all did a wonderful job. Very good. Yeah, it's always excellent to talk to you. We'll do it again sometime. Well, I would love to. All right. Very good. Thank How you, my you? friend. Thank Have you. You as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Schizophrenic, fuck you, bitch, attitude I slice you up with gratitude They cap you like a Haitian, face it I'm the modern Jason All you rappers I'm replacing, that's all Hello, Miss Winnie Whitney Would you like to play a game with me? Go round and throw out a frisbee I hope it isn't too windy Maybe I'll bring along Cindy We can all play in the shed Show you what's under my bed As long as you keep it unsaid Cause if you tell somebody that I'm out collecting heads They're gonna tell the feds the mama's gonna make me take my meds I fucking hate my meds They make me drowsy plus a bit depressed And when I get depressed I lay with Beth While I caress her breast Her best been dead for about a week now Her body's my antique now My new spatula's her feet I use her torso as a sheet now I wasn't always crazy Till I met this bitch named Carolyn A lot of you might actually know her Her real name's a heroine Hello everybody, my name's Evan D. Craven I am today's newest patient I'm glad I'm participating I guess I'll start this off by saying I'm a labeled assailant They found a couple unknown bodies Riding under my basement But I'm not here to make new friends I'm not the one you wanna blabble to A paranoid schizophrenic Fuck you bitch attitude I slice you up with gratitude They cap you like a Haitian Face it, I'm the modern Jason All you rappers I'm replacing That's All my all. teachers never liked me So I shot at my professor Told him watch his fucking Mount, that was the lesson of my lecture But to each his own, I brought him home To keep him as my treasure Kept his body in the closet But his fingers in my dresser Cooking on the stove, I'll turn your organs into plaster Stir a little faster to the children, I'm a bastard I turn them into Casper, watch me demonstrate disaster Underground psychopath, these rappers call me master All I wanna feed them is some beetles Do you want some more? Tell you to face the floor on all fours While I fuck your whore, I can feel the residue Come sweating out my pores Watch me play with organs, but I never miss a chord Hello everybody, my name's Evan D. Craven I am today's newest patient, I'm glad I'm participating I guess I'll start this off by saying I'm a labeled assailant They found a couple unknown bodies riding under my basement But I'm not here to make new friends I'm not the one you wanna blabble to A paranoid schizophrenic, fuck you bitch attitude I slice you up with gratitude They cap you like a Haitian, face it I'm the modern Jason, all you rappers I'm replacing, that's all Hi, this is Trista Robinson from Echoes of Fear, and you're listening to Without Your Head. 
Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by rapper, singer, songwriter, and the self-styled horrorcore master of hip-hop. That's what I was told to say. Skits Craven. It's very cool to have you here. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So actually, first of all, for people who have not heard that term before, what is horrorcore? So actually, horrorcore is, I, I guess it's been used, I mean, I could be wrong, but I guess it's been used for a while, but just not in the hip-hop scene. Um, horrorcore, I guess, uh, a lot of like death metal bands, you know, use that term and shit. Um, but to me, horrorcore uh, is, is taking the essence of horror and putting it into uh, music and uh, uh, hip-hop mainly for me, obviously. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I've never... I mean, there's there's ICP and those kind of guys, juggalos and stuff, but I, I don't consider that even horrorcore. Um, I, I if you listen to my music and you listen to like some of those guys, you, you can kind of pick out the difference. Um, but yeah, man. So to me, it's just I'm really trying to bring that 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 genre and that term to to life, especially in the hip hop uh, community. So mm-hmm. uh, does that because you mentioned earlier about horrorcore and like uh, with death metal and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people think there's a, like a connection with, uh, with like uh, hard, you know, metal music and and uh, and horror movies. Is there a lot of crossover with uh, rap and hip hop and horror movies? Um, are you asking if there if there is currently with other people, or are you talking about me me personally? Uh, just in general, because like if people uh, people listen to your music, is there like an, a built in audience for that? People that are into horror movies and uh, and rap music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have, I mean, most of my fans, I, I assume, at least just from the messages I get, and, you know, the reach out and stuff, a lot of them are horror fans. And, uh, and I think they can really see that I am as well. I mean, horror, horror movies inspire me, uh, inspire me to write, you know, most of my stuff. Um, I've always been into horror movies since I was a little kid. Uh, so it's uh, it just kind of goes hand in hand. I just the kind of the whole darkness vibe. I've always been kind of a dark soul and always gravitated towards darker things in life. And, you know, I think my music reflects that a lot. So, yeah, my so, fans definitely uh, I can definitely say that my fan base is there's a lot of horror fans within yeah. my fan base. So I read that you got into music like really young. So when did when well, we'll start we'll talk about that. But when did the horror like element get involved in the music? Uh, basically from the jump, I mean, well, so jump meaning when I started like rapping, um, I started music, like I started playing the piano and like percussion instruments and stuff at a young age. And I've always been involved with that. Um, but I didn't start rapping, at least writing raps until like, uh, like towards the end of high school. Um, and my first rap I ever wrote was a horrorcore song. It was called trick or treat. And it was just me talking, you know, I was, I was at a really dark place at that time in my life. And uh, I was battling drug addiction and a lot of mental health issues and just a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, the, the stuff I was coming out with was uh, mainly uh, predominantly dark music uh, just because that was just the headspace I was in at the time. And uh, it really caught attention in my city. And, like, people that knew me and shit were really like, wow, dude, I've never really heard anything like this in hip-hop. Like, you should definitely keep going and just keep spitting how you feel and shit. And so I just kind of kept it going, and then I kind of built my own lane with it, and it just started kind of getting people's attention, and and uh, yeah, so yeah, I've been I've been writing horrorcore raps, if you want to call it that, uh, for since I started writing. Yeah, so, you mentioned yeah. you know being in a dark place. Do you think um, do you think writing uh, about like um, horror or, or singing about that that helps you like get out of that dark place? No, oh, absolutely, dude. I absolutely. I'm a firm believer of uh, 
of expressing yourself uh, through music or, or a diary. Like I, I used to have a diary when I was younger as well, and I got a lot of shit off my mind. You know, it, it what I, what I love about expressing myself through music is I it, it makes me feel almost like I don't have to go out and and wreak havoc on the world. I can throw all my shit out on a piece of paper and kind of like yell yell in the microphone for a couple hours and I feel like it was like therapy almost I can walk out of the studio and feel refreshed I can feel like a weight was lifted off my my shoulders and uh yeah it's a great release man and I, I encourage anybody that's going through you know real shit in their life to, to find an outlet whether it's like plumbing or fucking carpentry or writing music or anything man and whatever gets your mind off the negative so you don't have to do certain things that might land you in prison or might end up harming yourself, like using drugs and all that kind of shit. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely uh, th good therapy. Mm -hmm. Do you think the, um, also just listening to that is also a release for people? Absolutely. I mean, that's what, so when I would uh, have freakouts at school growing up or I'd get in fights with teachers or classmates and I wanted to like go back and kill everybody instead of doing that, I'd go home and I'd watch a bunch of horror movies and watch people get chopped up and shit. And, uh, after I watched those movies, I felt like a release. Like I said, with, you know, it's just like a weight was lifted off my shoulders where I was like, wow, that was good therapy. Like I didn't have to go and act out certain things. I could literally get lost in the fantasy world and, and, and put myself in those movies. And, and yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, horror movies saved my life for sure. You know, music definitely saved my life, but even the, just mm -hmm. just horror movies in general. I mean, the way I connected with them ever since I was a little kid. I mean, yeah, I it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Were your I don't know what like your relationship with your parents were, but uh, were they cool with you watching horror movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always kind of been into them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a strict household, but not like crazy strict. Uh, but, you know, my mom didn't like the movies and shit. But I mean, she, I don't know, she really harped on me too much about them. She just didn't really want to see them. Like, so like, she was home, she just like to keep the volume down or whatever. So, but yeah, they were pretty chill about it. Yeah. Do you remember like some what some of the first horror movies you watched that like made you think like, hey, this is something for me? Yeah, first one, I mean, I remember it clear as day. I was like seven years old. It was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And mm -hmm. uh, that's forever my favorite horror movie of all time. Freddy's my favorite, you know, character. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was the first one. Yeah, and that's a connection, because uh, you talked about mental health. That's definitely a connection to mental health, that that particular uh, um sequel to uh to the to the freddy movies yeah yeah for sure man it's, it's kind of ironic <laughs> yeah so what is it about freddy that makes you your favorite uh i just love i just i love the the talk i love that he just you know talks shit bro like i just love like you know jason doesn't say anything michael doesn't say shit and it works for them and with their style but for some freddy's just a lot more uh, a more vibrant character to me he's more um uh, he likes to fuck with his victims, and I really think uh, I, I just I'm intrigued by that. And I'm also intrigued that he's in the dream world, man. Like you can't. I mean, besides some of the later movies, I mean, pull him. I mean, he's pretty much in, in the dream, and he can get pretty much turn into anybody he wants. He can, he pretty much has full control over his victims, and I find that very powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you said that number three is your favorite. Do you have a favorite death scene in any of the Freddy movies? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, uh -huh. for me, creative just because one. just because of my past, I think with drugs, I like the um, uh, Taryn when she yeah. uh, when he has the needle hands and he's like, "Let's get high," and he puts them in her arm. I think that was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, there's a lot though, man. I like 
obviously the the most iconic one is the the from the first one when Tina gets dragged across the ceiling and shit. That was obviously one of the favorites by default. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many good kills, dude. The cockroach kill, that's dope. I think that's part four, uh, mm-hmm. maybe five. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool ones. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you know, drug use. Like, so how long have you uh, been clean? Oh, I've been clean for well, I mean, clean meaning like not. So yeah, like uh, there's. I guess. So uh, I guess. What is around. your definition of clean? I yeah. Guess. Well, definition of clean to me is not so. Heroin was my drug of choice for sure, and I haven't touched heroin since I quit, and that was I stopped doing heroin in 2012. So I've been clean since then off that, and I'll never touch it ever again. Uh, cocaine was another one. I kind of replaced heroin with coke, and I used to do that every day. But now I don't really touch anything anymore. Last time I did blow was probably at a party or an event maybe a couple years, like a year ago, two years ago, and that was like one time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much straight and narrow now. I mean, I smoke weed and I drink, but uh, as far as the hardcore drugs, yeah, I don't really, don't really touch them. It's been a couple years, so. Is there anything that fills that void? Uh, music. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it yeah. sounds corny maybe and cliche, but yeah, no. Honestly, I just, I've replaced one addiction for another, and I'm addicted to this music. I'm addicted to writing. I'm addicted to creating and directing videos. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that music is my outlet. And, yeah, it pretty much takes up most of my time nowadays. I, this might sound obvious, but I would assume uh, I, it's been a year since I stopped taking uh, uh, pills, and next month will be the last uh, one year since I, I drank anything. Uh, Congrats! And, That's huge. Good shit. Thank you. And uh, definitely, this last year has been very productive for me. And uh, it's like an obvious thing, I guess. But do you feel that way uh, once you're clean in your mind that you're much more productive to to oh, to, sure. to do your your music or whatever you want to do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you feel a lot more motivated for one, and I think motivation keys production. And I, I just think it, uh, it all goes together, man. When I was using, all I focused on was when and where can I get my next high, and now I'm focusing on when and where can I shoot my next video, when and where can I make my next song, when and where can I uh, do my next show. You know what I mean? So I kind of replaced when and where's, and uh, yeah, making it very very more motivating and and just success man when i'm when i was sitting on the couch doing drugs i was making money i was spending money mm-hmm. and i was pawning shit to make money to buy drugs you know what i mean it was just i felt like a piece of shit i felt like a bum now i'm making money doing what i love to do and i just i feel like uh, success is a huge motivator as well mm-hmm. um people can get discouraged especially in this industry because i uh, it takes a long time sometimes man you could be working i mean i'm I've been working for a couple of years now and I'm not an A-lister yet. I'm not fucking Post Malone, you know what I mean? But I'm I'm definitely able to do this for a living and uh, I'm able to grow a, a cult following that loves me and I, I, I find that more successful than any anything in my mind. Yes, along those lines, like uh, for a modern musician, how do you become successful? Because you know a lot of people talk about there really isn't uh, a big market for like physical media anymore. And you mentioned your live shows. And so, so how, what, what do you have to do, I guess, to get your name out there and, and be successful in the music business today? Yeah, I mean, everybody's definition of success is a little different. But I, yeah. I feel like if you're an entertainer, success means one thing, and that's making it. Making it meaning. Uh, and then you got to ask yourself, what, what's the definition of making it? Like, what, what is somebody, uh, how do you know you made it? Well, 
that's everybody. So some people might say, people tell me all the time I've made it and I feel like I haven't even came close to making it yet. So everybody's definition is different. Um, but really what you have to do now is you, one, you have to adapt with the times. Like you said, physical, uh, albums and all that shit. That's, that's just dying out. You know what I mean? So you got to mm-hmm. adapt with the times, meaning you got to get on social media. Uh, you're not going to get very far if you're shy in this industry. Cause you have to put your face out online. You have to do fucking always like put yourself out there. So you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta get on the streaming. You gotta understand how streaming works and how that's going to be the new radio. And, and, uh, yeah, man, you just gotta adapt with the times. And, uh, second off, you gotta work your ass off, especially in my industry where everybody wants to be a rapper nowadays. Everybody thinks they're a rapper. Everybody wants to do this and that, you know, you gotta outwork your opponents and you gotta outwork your competition. And, uh, that's actually, I kind of been struggling with that these last couple of months. I've, I've kind of had not writer's block, but I've had like just work block. I just felt not, not unmotivated, but I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I was kind of complacent for a while. So I had to, you know, and that happens with every, uh, uh, create creator and stuff, but you just got to find a way to overcome that, that down slope and, and not let it get to you. And it's tough, man. This isn't, it's not a, it's not a easy gig. People think like, oh man, you get to make music for a living. That's so dope. It's like, yeah, it's dope, bro. But it's like, it's a lot of work. It's not like going to a nine to five where you know you're gonna get a paycheck every week. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta constantly bust your ass and you gotta constantly like uh, improve. And this is a lot of work. So it's definitely if you're if you're faint at heart or whatever, don't. It's not maybe not a good idea to get in this industry. But if you're if you're headstrong and you 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 really want it, you gotta go after it and get it. And you can do it. You just gotta put put your all into it. So. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the first uh, instrument you played was the piano. So how did you go from playing the piano to to doing hip hop? Hmm. Uh, I guess I was pretty much forced into playing piano. I was like, I don't, I think I was like five years old or something. Um, yeah. My parents wanted me to do like extracurricular activity and shit. So, and my my father was a musician and stuff as well. So he, I guess he kind of wanted me to get into instruments and stuff. So they got me into playing piano, which taught me how to read music, which taught me how to pretty much uh gain an ear for music and i've always loved music i mean michael jackson was my number one favorite artist for most of my life and i used to like listen to him and like watch his videos and try to emulate his movements and dance and shit like that um hip-hop uh so i was always a music fan so that was easy but then hip-hop uh i started getting into i was like in fourth grade started getting into like eminem and lil wayne and shit and uh and i just really connected with hip-hop a little more because i was a little more of a i was i wasn't like like when I was younger, I wasn't like rebellious, like causing trouble. I was more like rebellious. Like I swore and I used mm-hmm. to like do, you know, just like kid shit, innocent things. But I was always kind of a rebel at heart. And I like that hip hop was kind of rebellious as well. And so I kind of always related to that a little more than rock and roll or like jazz music or country. Uh, so I've always been a fan of hip hop. And then uh, I, uh, when I started going through my mental health shit, in high school i just started writing like little short stories and poetry and those turned into like raps because i obviously loved rap and i loved music so listening to instrumentals and beats you know i just it's kind of just happened so uh speaking of mental health is it was it ever hard to talk about that like publicly within the hip-hop community i don't know maybe it isn't but is it like uh seen as a weakness i guess to if uh you you know you talk about your problems not at all. Uh, I kind of aired out my dirty laundry through my music from the jump. <laughs> so it was like kind of hard to like avoid or pretend that I didn't have these issues, you know? So it was never hard for me. It was actually, 
it was the only hard part was like I didn't want my family to to be disappointed like I didn't want other people to look at my family and be like wow you raised him like shit mm-hmm. or or you know I didn't want them because they they, they they did the best they can they could and they're they're uh, I had amazing grandma and and mom dad uncles I have an amazing family um so uh I just I just kind of was born with this and this is just kind of who I am and it's nothing to reflect on them so that was the only thing I kind of like airing this out to the world to see I didn't want people to look try and like blame my family for this shit or anything so that was really the hardest part about it but other than that no i don't really care because honestly it sounds ignorant but i just don't give a fuck what people say i never have and i think that's why i love this music so much because i'm able to express myself and and i and have this kind of fuck you attitude and and if you don't like it don't listen to me if you like it then by all means please please listen to me so Mm Yeah, it wasn't hard for me. It was actually nice to be able to talk about it because I've held so many things in and had so many secrets my whole life. So when I was able to do this music, I kind of was able to, you know, get all the shit out in a artistic way. And mm-hmm. that kind of helped. Yeah. Yeah. I know me personally being very honest about things definitely uh, it makes everything easier. Yeah. And uh, do do people then uh, who listen to the music? I, I'm sure some people just listen to the music and like the music for what it is. But uh, people that also have the same kind of problems, uh, do, do they come to you and say, you know, you know, I connect, you know, on this level, you know, I also have uh, mental health problems or something like that? Dude, it's insane. Like I, I get probably out of all the message I get every day, probably sixty percent of seventy percent of them are. Uh, them relating to me and them being like oh my gosh i've had ied my whole life it's so nice to have an artist that is bringing light to it or making me feel like i'm not alone dude i get those all the time most of my messages do consist of that and mm-hmm. so that's really cool to see and that's what motivates me to want to keep going whenever i feel like i don't want to make music or i or anything like that i just remember that there's people out there that need me and i i always say i wish i had an artist especially a rapper when i was growing up that 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 was open and was dealing with these things and maybe there were but they never talked about them you know i listened to the, my favorite rappers were gangster rappers and i never was a gangster i'm not in a gang and shit i'm, I'm a right. white boy from the midwest you know what i mean like so uh-huh. there was nothing like i wasn't in the streets and raised you know in the hood like that wasn't me so i i, I was i although i love that music i wasn't able to relate to it so so now that i have you know these these kids in iowa and fucking living in the boondocks where i grew up you know they they, they, they feel like they have somebody they can look up to and somebody that made it out of the bullshit they can do it too. And, I, and that's what keeps me going. So yeah, man, I get tons of praise and tons of uh, people asking for advice and reaching out or anything, man. And it's, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. Do you take uh, medication for any of the mental health issues? Oh, I did for many years until I uh, grew a brain and I realized that I, uh, the medication was making shit worse for me. And it was just, I was just a fucking zombie all the time, always on something new. When something didn't work, I got prescribed something new. And yeah, I just got sick of that shit. And I just learned, I said, this is who I am. I got to either be able to control it or, uh, yeah. So I kind of just got it. When I was 18, I kind of took myself off all the medication because I was old enough to be an adult and make my own decisions with my medical stuff. And I just took it off, and although everybody was worried about me when I did get off, I kind of replaced that shit with drugs, which wasn't healthy, obviously, but then eventually I replaced everything with music. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm currently not on any medication, and I, I plan to never be on any medication. Mm-hmm. What were what were your, like, specific mental health issues, or what are they? Yeah, well, I can tell you my diagno- what I've been, what I'm diagnosed with. I'm diagnosed with intermittent explosive disorder um uh, depression bipolar anxiety and then add 
so I was always I was always on medication for my IED, um, and then also the bipolar, and then like, I was on Seroquel and shit like that, and then uh, my depression I was like on Abilify and all those kind of antidepressants too. So I was taking like three different medications for three different things. So you can imagine how my mind was operating and the speed it was operating at, you know, especially while your brain's still growing as a teenager. So yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. Would you say, uh, writing is easier, not on those medications? Uh, yeah, well, when I was on those medications, I wasn't like fully, like I was writing, Mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I, I i've never been on those medications since i've started rapping professionally so i can't okay. say like but i'm sure it is a lot easier like I, when i stopped smoking weed there was a point in time where i stopped for a couple of years of smoking and uh, i was worried because i had always just been smoking my whole life and i was like damn is my shit gonna get worse now or am i gonna feel like less creative because i'm not smoking anymore and actually my shit got better uh-huh. uh i think it's all just like in your head like I, I think, and I say this with all humbleness, if you're good at something, you're good at something whether you're high or sober. And if you're like, like, like basketball, LeBron James, if he was stoned out of his mind, I guarantee you'd still be putting up shots. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and I, I, this is the one thing I'm really good at in my life is just music. That's the, really the only thing I'm good at. So I'm confident whether I'm under the influence or not, I feel like I can get the job done. So that helps as well. Now, how about socially? Was it ever like, um, once you get quote unquote clean, is it ever like you think like I can't go to parties, I can't be around you know people I used to be around, you know even just like a social level? Yeah, dude, it's definitely fucked with me for a little bit. Like I was yeah. parties sucked, bro. Like I hated, I avoided going to parties. I'd always just tell people like, no, I'm just gonna stay in tonight and shit like that because it was literally miserable. Because one, when you're sober and everybody else is fucked up, you, you're like, these people are whack. Like, people, drunk uh-huh. people suck or whatever, you know. Uh, yes, and then I also, it's triggers, bro. Like, uh-huh. especially when pe- you're still hanging out with people that you used to use with. And they're like, yo, man, let's, let's go to the bathroom and do a bump or let's do this. It's like, dude, like, fuck, I would love to, but no, nah, I can't. So I would just isolate myself from that. Like, it was easier just to not be around it. Um, so I just, like I said, I'd, I'd go to the studio instead of a party or I'd go right at home or watch movies on Netflix or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did that get easier over time or do you still avoid the parties? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still, I, I never had a problem with alcohol, so it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't like, I was completely sober, you know, I'm sure if I ever did that, that would be really hard, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I still drink. Like I said, I still smoke weed and, you know, I, you know, so it's, uh, and that makes it a little easier. Like I still go out and shit. Um, but even then I, I'm not a huge drinker. Like I drink, but not like most people maybe, uh, so I don't even, I don't like going out, bro. I'm kind of a loner at heart. I kind of like rather stay inside by myself and shit, as weird as yeah. that sounds. So. No, I get it. Yeah. So uh, for like a music videos, like um, how, how, how are they to make? And is that a different creative side, you know, to like direct or, you know, to make a music video? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's different than writing songs. Um, it's nothing too different to me. I just, creating's creating to me, whether I'm doing like a mm-hmm. blog or I'm doing a music video or writing a song or doing a short film. Like to me, it's all the same. Uh, I can't speak for others, but to me, it's kind of all goes hand in hand. Uh, the thing I like about music videos is I I'm really into film and I, uh, my goal someday is to get into film, whether that's behind the scenes or acting, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to tap into that. Once I, once I get to a point in my music career where I I've succeeded and I want to try something new, then I'll start trying, I'll try to go into the film industry. So uh, my music videos to me are like practice for me. And I, I try to learn something new, um, whether even behind the camera, like talking to my video guys and shit. And they teach me little angles and little things here and there. And 
stuff like that. So I, I love, uh, that's probably one of my favorite things is music videos, even though they're one of the most stressful things mm-hmm. to me, because I take it so seriously and I want my videos to be so unique that I kind of stress a little hard on like the preparation for them. But when it's done, the feeling of after you get done with the shoot and you wrap, like you you complete everything, it's such a good feeling, dude. Like, I don't know. There's no feeling like it. Like, I get that feeling when I finish a song, but something about a music video when I finish it and it's ready to be released, that's like, I don't know. It's such a good feeling. So I kind of chase that high. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your uh, movies and you live in LA, so it's a perfect uh, place to, to be if you want to yeah. uh, get into the movie. So I assume it would be horror related. Yeah, honestly, believe it or not, dude, I want to do everything. I'm uh-huh. a, I kind of want to do like super serious dramatic roles too. Like, I want to do like fucking crazy. I want to do romance movies. I want to do everything, bro. Like, I, I, have, I have a very big imagination and I have a lot of characters that I could portray. And uh, it's not even just an acting tip, but just even like like writing scripts and shit. I would love to write like all different types, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like I do the horror music, yeah, and like horrorcore is my, my main thing, but I also like, if you dig into my catalog, I have like R and B songs, I have love songs, I have, I, I'm very bipolar, so it's like my music reflects on that too. I'm not always just talking about some some crazy shit, you know. Sometimes <laughs> right, I'll right. feel like I'm in love, or I meet a girl that I fucking am vibing with and shit. So I write some some sappy shit, you know what I mean? So I feel like my movies would do the same. I think I would not just do horror, or just do action movies, you know. I think I would definitely try to dabble in a bunch of different genres. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you do? Do you think you prefer the directing or the acting, or just like you said, all the all all the creative sides is kind of the, the same for you? That's funny, man, because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So the reason I think I like acting, especially in my own shit, is because it's like I just said, it's my own shit. So now I don't know if I would be so down to do other people's scripts. Like if I had to memorize another script, I can't tell you that I would enjoy that. And that's the only thing I worry about. Like if I'm not, everything I've done so far in my acting career has been me being hands on with my own shit, and I create the stories and I do all. You know what I mean? So when it's somebody yeah. else's story that might be different and i i I have a feeling that i'm gonna probably want to do more behind the scenes like writing directing producing more than acting but i'm definitely gonna give it a try uh like i said i've never taken any acting classes or done any like uh theater or anything so i can't tell you i'm not too knowledgeable on that i just know from my own like videos and my own like what i know here at home and shit i uh but yeah, I'm definitely going to try it, but I can't guarantee that I'm going to like stick with just acting. I think I might be more into the behind the scenes shit. So, but we'll see. I'm not opposed to anything. I'm going to try it all. So, yeah. For from doing the music videos, do you know like other people that would be like, "Hey, you know, this guy could be helpful, you know, in filming or what, you know, other people that you could you work with to to make a movie?" Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always connections out here. Everybody knows somebody. If I really looked for it, I could find it. I mean, my management has connections with that shit, too. It's just, is it the right time? You know what I mean? Like, my thing is, I don't want to take on too much at once. Like, I want to succeed at one thing before I jump to a whole different career. Mm -hmm. And acting, because this is the thing, man, you can't half-ass music, and then you can't half-ass acting, you can't Uh half-ass stand-up comedy. You either go all in with one thing, or you don't do anything. And my thing, I'd rather go all in with everything I do. So until I... I'm at the point with my music where I'm like, yo, I can literally tour for the rest of my life and I'm going to be set. Then I'll take on another role and, uh, while still doing music, obviously, but I don't, I want to master one craft before I dabble into another, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So about that touring though, what are like your live shows like? 
Uh, pretty crazy. I actually haven't gone. I haven't gone on tour yet. We're about. We're planning it for this uh, May. May to be my mm-hmm. first headline tour. So we're just working, finishing the routing and shit for that. Um, but my shows, like I've done individual shows for years, and they get pretty rowdy, man. I kind of have. It's kind of like my music. I kind of don't really have a filter. I might do a little, some weird shit on stage, or I might, you know, to go cross the line with certain things. But that's fun. I feel like that's. I want my shows to be crazy. I don't want people just standing there with a drink in their hand, bobbing their head up and down. I want them to be fucking mosh, moshing it up. I want people to be fucking, you know, sweating and fucking all that shit. I want to have a good ass time. I want my shows to be like fucking movies. So, uh, yeah, man. This is the thing in hip hop is there's there's certain artists like uh, Travis Scott, Sheehan Kelly. There's a lot of good performers, but then there most of them though. Most of these artists in hip hop are very complacent. They stay in one area on stage they're very lazy and kind of cool guy and all that shit i'm very opposite of that i'm very rowdy i'm very i engage with the crowd well probably more than i engage with the music <laughs> like i am very kind of i'll let the crowd sing the words while i fucking mosh with them and shit like that so yeah it's pretty pretty fun i can't wait to go on tour dude to do that shit every other night like that's gonna be so fun so do you think some of that is uh, the interest in movies you know to then when you're performing, you're, it's a performance, not just, you know, the, about the music. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, my goal is when I get the budget someday, I want my fucking shows to be a movie. Literally, I want to have props on stage. I want to uh-huh. have maybe little skits in between songs, like shit like that. Like, that would be my goal. Uh, obviously, I'm not there yet where I can afford to put on a huge production like that every night, but I yeah. can definitely do the best with what I got. And what I got is myself and a microphone. And I can do my best to make sure people leave that show like, wow, I got my money's worth and I actually I want to go back again tomorrow night. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, so, yeah. Was it a big decision when you moved to LA? uh yeah so it's funny man like when i moved to la i i always wanted to do the music shit but it wasn't like mm-hmm. i'm moving to la to become a rapper it was like i'm moving to la to get the fuck out of the small ass town where i'm gonna <laughs> overdose in you know what i mean uh-huh. so that was kind of the that was kind of more of an escape for me and that and then when i did that i had a goal in mind meaning i want i know what i'm gonna try to do now mind you the first year i moved out here i didn't do any music i was strictly just partying i thought i could run for my addiction <laughs> you don't go to LA to get sober. So it's, uh, it was a wake up call for sure. I was still using and partying and shit. So I didn't do music till like my second year out here. Um, and then I started really taking it seriously. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, music was always in the back of my mind, but it wasn't like the main reason why I moved. Uh, it took you, like you said, your second year you were out there, you started to do the music. Was there like a certain point where like, uh, it became clear, like, this is what I, I, I need to get back to doing. Yeah, I mean, when I was, like, the first year I was out here, when I was partying and shit, I'd just I'd be at bars and stuff, and I would just freestyle on, like, the smoking patios for people and shit, and, like, people would be like, oh, like, because I used to have a heavy Wisconsin accent when I first moved out here, and people are always asked, like, oh, you're not from here, obviously, where are you from? I would tell them Wisconsin, and they'd be like, oh, what are you out here for? And I wouldn't say, oh, I'm out here to escape a drug addiction. No, I said I'm out here to chase a rap, tr- a music career. And they're like, uh-huh. oh, what kind of music? Oh, I'm a rapper. Oh, damn, rap something. Okay. So then I start rapping on the patio. And they're like, dude, I actually, my buddy owns a recording studio. You should go come check, you know, kind of like that. So I just met yeah. connections and met people through, like, the work I was doing out here and stuff. And, and uh, yeah. And so when I uh, – when, when, I, I always knew I had something. I always knew I had a talent with this because every time I would rap, people would be like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? So I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to go further with it. I just didn't really know the best way to do that. Well, it starts in the studio. So I found a studio and I started 
learning like all the ins and outs about recording and shit and then uh yeah just just kind of domino effect after that like uh, when you write your music and and the lyrics like what's that process like Where, where do you start um very rarely do i write lyrics first then find a beat mm-hmm. usually the beat i'll hear a beat it'll inspire me whether it's a upbeat mood or it's always a mood for me and a vibe so <clears throat> i gotta i gotta hear an instrumental first or i gotta talk to my producer and like i'm like all right man what, show me your new beats go through like oh i got 20 new beats cool let's go through them and one will catch my eye I'll be like oh shit i got a vibe for this and i'll usually come up with a chorus first like i'll come up with like the the lead melody and the hook and shit and then that'll inspire me to create the verses um but sometimes i'll have a subject mind i'll be like i'm very i'll be really pissed off one day or whatever like, i need to get some shit off my chest so i'll just start writing some shit down and then i'll find a beat but may, most nine times out of ten i usually find the beat first and then that inspires me depending on that mood of that beat to uh create the lyrics yeah so what is uh what is new music mondays uh, New Music Mondays is me having so much fucking music just piled up that I feel like <laughs> I just need to release it. <laughs> Otherwise, uh-huh. I'll go crazy. Uh, so pretty much I started it. This is the third season right now. Uh, I started it like I think three years ago. And uh, I just dropped a new song every Monday. Mondays have always been the shittiest day of the week, right? So I was like, right. fuck, maybe if I make some people's Mondays better, make my Monday better, I'll just release a new song every Monday. And so I'd, I'd have all these old, not old, not even old songs, just all these songs like, because I record so much and not all the songs make the album. So pretty much mm-hmm. all the throwaway tracks, I just started releasing them. And then it started like catching on to people. And like, I just noticed my shit, like my fan base starting to grow off that. And people really like appreciated the work ethic and stuff of that. And, and also I feel like I, I want to give my fans something. Like I don't like going three months with nothing coming out because I'm in the studio working on an album. You know, I want to keep my fans eating. I want them to stay, you know, I, want, I don't want to fill their stomachs too much because then they'll get spoiled. But I want to keep. I don't want to keep them starving. I want to keep them to have a little food in their tummy. You know what I mean. So I feel yeah. like if I keep feeding them new music and new content, I can kind of distract them while I'm behind the scenes working on an album or something bigger. You know. Yeah. Now you said you know like these are tracks that maybe not may, might not make an album. When you actually put together an album, is there what's the thought process like? You know, this song goes with this song because uh, maybe like a song just doesn't fit in an album because just because what it's about or something. Mm-hmm. no you just said it right there it's pretty much you just got to find the perfect fit you have the title of the album you have the vibe of the album what you want the main subject of the album to be or the main focal point and then you fi- try to find the songs and make the songs that will fit together as like one big family and uh yeah and sometimes you know you'll you'll make a song you'll be like this is perfect for the album and then you'll come to the end of the album when you're selecting the tracks and you come back and you're like oh you know what this actually isn't as dope as I thought it would be, at least, or it's not as, not even as dope, but like it doesn't match as well with these other songs. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll just toss this to the side and save it for a rainy day or it could, or sometimes, yo, I like, I'll be like, yo, this song is too dope for the album. I want it to be a single on its own and I want to give it <laughs> uh-huh. its own shine. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. that happens too, where I'm like, yo, I don't want to give them, I don't want this to be number eight, track number eight. I want it to be <laughs> right. its own thing, you know? So that happens sometimes too. So yeah, it just all depends. Yeah. Do you ever get surprised by like, uh, kind of like that? Like, so you have a track that you think maybe it's like really personal to you or you just think it's great and it doesn't get the, the hits or does it connect you, you think, you know, the way you think it would or reverse of that. Maybe it's a track that you like, but you don't think too much of it and people really like, uh, you know, get into it. 
Yeah, dude. So both have happened. There's so many songs that get overlooked and I hate it. Like it drives me nuts. Like some of my favorite songs on some of my projects are like the most, the least popular. And I'm like, how? Yeah. How the fuck are these the least popular? These are fucking amazing. But, and then, and then, so for instance, the other way around, which I have a song, my, my, my biggest song is That's All. And it went, recently it went viral on TikTok and shit, but it was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of shine before the TikTok thing. But anyways, how that came about. So I had made the chorus for the song and I recorded like the first verse. And then I was like, uh, I'm not really feeling the song. So I threw it to the side. Well, like six months later, I was I had one of my homies in the studio with me and we were going through all the throwaway songs and we came across That's All and That's All didn't even have a name to it. It was just like, and he started playing. And he's like, my buddy's like, oh, wait, wait, wait go back to that one. He's like, yo, let me hear that again. And then we played it again. He's like, dude, you should finish that song. That song's fucking hard. I'm like, really? I said, I don't really, I'm not really fucking with it, dude. He's like, no, bro, trust me. Finish that song. So I finished that song and now it's got beyond, it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I did like, so I, I got to thank the homie for that one. But yeah, so that was a song that I wasn't really fucking with. Um, um, what I think made that song though is the video I shot with it. Like I think that that's what really helped it. Is I came up with a video concept that really matched the tone of that song, and mm -hmm. was was fun, but also uh, kind of eye catching at the same time. So people could like really enjoy not only the song but also the video that went with it. So I think it all went together. But yeah, that's all was definitely not one of my favorites i mean if it wasn't for him i probably still wouldn't have released it <laughs> yeah <coughs> excuse me i would think that's bet that's probably a better feeling though as long as it takes off that you might not necessarily uh thought that much of as opposed to the ones you really like and, and people don't don't get into them i think that would uh oh, that's gonna sure. be a yeah. kind of a shitty feeling <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, i don't want to say i don't want to ask your favorite tracks but what are like your most personal tracks for you Oh man. Um, well, actually, I just recorded one of the most personal tracks just this last couple of weeks, and I don't even know if I'm going to release it. Um, I might down the road because it's not, it's about somebody else, and mm. that person is like not in my life right now. So I don't know if I want to give them the love mm. right now. But, uh, but no, that's probably one of my most personal. But also, uh, per my most personal, I would say, is uh, Anxiety. Uh, my song called Anxiety. That's really, uh, that's personal to me. Uh, not the most popular song of mine, but very personal. Um, also, uh, Haunted House. That's on my new, off my new album, Hollow, that dropped last October. Uh, that's really personal to me. Um, yeah, man. I, now, some of the personal ones aren't my favorites. Uh, some of my favorites are some of the songs where there's no subject. I just spit bars for three minutes and talk <laughs> yeah. shit. Those are some of my favorites, you know. So it all depends, man. I get asked that a lot. Like, oh, what's your favorite song? It's like, honestly, my favorite song is a song that I just recorded that you guys won't hear for another six months. Like I, my favorite songs are always the newest songs I just record. Like, so when I just, when I make a new song, I'm listening to that like over and over for like next month. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't get released till like six months after that. So the time I release it, I'm already sick of it. Like I've already like over it and onto the next one. So I always tell my fans, my favorite songs are the ones you haven't even heard yet because it's always the brand new ones that I just made that are my favorite at the time. Yeah. Are you so, still in contact like uh, with your family back in Wisconsin? Oh yeah, 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 I'm I'm very close to my family, especially since I've this music started taking off, and like yeah. I I'm I'm pretty much sober, and I'm <laughs> I'm like successful now, you know, and and able to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My yeah. my relationship with my family has got definitely gotten a lot stronger. I can yeah. say over the last couple of years, so yeah. that helps.
what, what does your dad think of the hip hop music? Since he said he was more uh, in, in the jazz or different. Yeah, music. it's so cool, man. He's he's dude. Like he literally knew nothing about hip hop. Low key hated it, and mm-hmm. now it's like he's so involved and so like up to date with the new hip hop and the state of hip hop right now. It's crazy, dude. It's so funny. Like I smile when I talk about it because it's like I'm so proud of him for like literally like having so much fun watching my success that he like gets into the genre and wants to like learn more about it now and shit when he used to hate it. Like, it's just crazy. It's just like, so like, yeah, my family evolves too. Like they're definitely a lot more open-minded now. They're a lot more, um, open-minded to mental health and all this shit. And I think it's very cool. Yeah. That's kind of a silly question, but I stayed with the uh, friends in LA in, in uh, December and they lived right around the, the corner from the Tim Burton bar and I saw you mention Tim Burton in like your bio. Have you ever been to the Tim Burton bar in LA? Dude, I, I didn't even know there was a Tim Burton bar, bro. You just put the right. game. <laughs> All right, yeah, you got, you got to find. Yeah, it's like uh, it's on. It's like right off Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, I don't know the exact, but. It, I'm sure if you look it up, you'll find it. But and all the all the drinks and the menu, it's like a it's like a grill too. Everything's like Tim Burton related. Oh, that's sick! Damn, bro. I'm, after we get off this call, I'm definitely gonna Google that <laughs> shit. I'll have to. Yeah. I didn't even know. I had no idea, man. LA is such a big city, dude. There's so many like low key little gems around the town that I like you don't even know about. Uh-huh. Like you'll drive by him a hundred times and you won't even know about him, and then you'll be like, somebody will introduce you to it. You're like, holy shit, that was here this whole time. Like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely yeah. check that out. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. I didn't get there. I did go to the Star Trek bar, and I did like about actually a lot of the bars in LA is they have a lot of mocktails, so mm-hmm. I could have cool drinks. You know, I don't drink alcohol, but I could still have a cool drink, and I don't just have to get like a Coke or something, or right. you know, a seltzer. I could I could get a weird there drink. There you go. Oh, duels, huh? Alcohol. <laughs> No, no, I'm not yeah. a big fan of that anyway. But, but yeah, well, that was very cool to check them out. So, uh, where can people uh, follow you? Um, like Pornhub.com. Porn oh, okay. no. uh, <laughs> uh, where they can follow me? Uh, well, all my handles on Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. and Instagram is at SkitzCraven, S K I T Z K R A V E N. Um, also, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just add Skits Craven, go to YouTube, type in Skits Craven, Spotify, Skits Craven, Apple Music. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. It's a unique name. So you're not, you're not going to put in Skits Craven and get a whole bunch of, you know, other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. You type in Skits, you're pretty much smooth sailing from there. So yeah. where did the name Skits come from? Um, yeah, long fucking story, oh, really okay. long story. Um, but pretty much, uh, my, uh, my friends growing up, I had intermittent explosive disorder, obviously. And so I'd always like get in fights or throw computers or get, I have these blackout episodes all the time at school and shit. So my friends would be like, always just joke around and like, Oh, he's going skits again. Oh, you're going schizo again. So they just kind of called me skits even before the rap shit. Like they just I called see. my name was skits. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a rapping thing. It was just, that's just what my name was. So, uh, when I started rapping, it was like a no brainer. Like I knew what my name was going to be because that's just what I went by. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's how that came. All right. How about Craven? I think Craven yeah. the Hunter, but uh, is where where yeah. the Craven come from? Yeah. So Craven, that's funny, man. So Craven, uh, when I was making my first mixtape titled Homicidal Thoughts, I was out here in California. I was uh, I had, I was just going by skits and the uh, capital K. Um, everything's lowercase and skits except for the K because my last name, my government name starts with a K. So I wanted to really show shine to my real self. And so I always capitalized the K instead of the S. Um, so I, I was, we were designing me and my producer, he made mixtape covers as well. So we were doing the artwork for the cover 
And he stops and he looks at me. He's like, yo, man, you ever think I have a last name? I'm like, a last name? What are you, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, like Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne, uh, 50 Cent, like two names. I'm like, shit, no, man, I never really thought of it. He's like, he's like, I would, he's like give us some thought. Think about it. See what you come up with. I'm like, all right. I was like, well, what, what the fuck would I, what would I name it? He's like, I don't know. Do you have a favorite actor? I said, no, but I have a favorite director. He's like, oh, who's that? I said, Wes oh, Craven. Nice. He does all, all right. the Nightmare on Elm Streets and Scream and shit. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, yo, he's like, Skit's Craven. Craven Skit. He's like, yo, that shit sounds hard, actually. I'm like, you think so? <laughs> he's like, yeah. So a couple days later, I came back to the studio. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm fucking with it, but I'm not going to spell it. And so he's like, okay. So he put C-R-A-V-E-N. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to have C-R-A-V-E-N because that's how mm-hmm. Wes Craven does it. I, since, the K and F, since the K in Skits is capitalized, and my government last name starts with a K, I'm going to change the C to a K. So the only two capital letters in the entire name are the two Ks. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's how Craven came. Yeah. Now, I'm a horror guy, and I didn't even put together uh, Wes Craven there, but yeah, it, may, it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what are what are you planning right now? Like, uh, Well, you said you have the live tour coming up. What are some of the things you have coming up? Yeah, so really our main focus right now has just been tour, so we're really trying to mm-hmm. lock all that shit in. Um, as far as... Uh, creatively uh i'm just gonna finish out new music mondays i got a couple more weeks of that oh actually like another month of that and then uh and then i'm gonna just focus on singles just dropping a single probably every month with a music video attached to it um Mm -hmm. and then kind of ride that out till tour and then while i'm on tour probably still release new music every month (gasps) excuse me i got the hiccups um and so yeah man but yeah tour is definitely our main focus right now so i'm just getting geared up for that very cool. And how long does it take you to uh, to finish a, a music video? Uh, it all depends, man. I've I've finished usually just one day, but mm-hmm. actually a couple of them have taken two days. Um, but I, I'm a very quick worker. I I don't rush, but I'm very fast. Like I know I don't go into a music video not knowing what the fuck's gonna happen or go on. Like I have everything planned ahead of time, so. When one scene's done, I'm like, okay, next scene, boom, we go on to the next location or whatever. So I usually, usually one to two days, no more than two, um, no less than 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 an afternoon. So, all right, very cool. Well, I appreciate coming on. It's been very cool to talk with you. Yeah, bro, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate your support, and uh, yeah, it was a good talk. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. We'll do it again sometime. Yes, sir. All right, and uh, good luck on the on the tour. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. we got to get you to a show, yeah? Where, what's, yeah, where definitely. are you located? I'm in Massachusetts, but uh, I'll probably be out in L.A. again here uh, later in, in the year sometime. Okay, well, I do my Massachusetts show. I'll, I'll probably do a couple All right. of them. Uh, well, that works. That works. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah. All right. I'll definitely be there. Very cool. All right. I'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Hold up. I never thought I would be this lit. I never thought you would be this pissed that I blew. Look at you now. They like, ooh. Excuse my bad behavior, I was trying to be humble. I always knew I'd be this lit. Fuck what I said in the hook. Been driving down a crazy road, I swear my life is a book. But don't assume you knowin' shit unless you knew what it took. I overcame the over-under, now I'm booming like thunder. I was so patient while I waited, being broke was a bummer. I used to snort a couple lines and I would cuddle with Tucker. That was my dog, you fucking faggots, get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> Gossip like a bitch, I'll turn your head into pasta. I will oodle up your noodles while I doodle your blood. I'll paint a picture very vivid, let your corner 
course be the judge And then I'll fuck it every morning Till your cum turn to dust Don't give a damn about your ex Or how we fucked all your friends Bitch, all I wanna see you do Is touch your toes in the bends Don't follow trends Just watch this dick enter your slit While it's drenched Then go back home to tell your man Don't worry, babe, we're just friends Uh, sheesh Now, now, I'm sure he's gotta hate that I fucked you for an hour after that I bet he ate that Ugh, craving, you're disgusting No, bitch, I'm gross I made a hundred in a week Now raise your glass for a toast Ain't that a bitch, boy? Your bitch want a big toy Play me for a fool and I will turn you to a bitch, boy Savage, you don't know no shit about me And guess what? You'll never get another word out of me Cause when I see you, I don't see you I'm a different kind of man today Snipe you from a window like I'm staying at the Mandalay Bay? You ain't bay, you just a bitch that I played Now turn your speakers up a notch and hear my voice while you rage Uh, hold up, hold up. I never thought I would be this lit. I never thought you would be this pissed that I blew. Look at you now. They like, ooh.